Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today, I'm super excited to have Christy with the show. Today is going to be a two-part episode. The first part is we're going to be talking with Christy, who is a transformational leader, celebrity coach, and New York Times bestselling author of The Art of Having It All. She has appeared on The Today Show, The Morning Show, and her work has been featured in People Magazine, Seventeen, Women's Day, Hollywood Life, and Teen Vogue, among others. Christy is the CEO and founder of the Quantum Success Learning Academy and Quantum Success Coaching Academy, a 12-month Law of Attraction coaching certification program. Part two of this recording, which will be excitingly my 100th episode, is going to air on Monday, and it seems so fitting that this would be my 100th episode because Christy channels the council And it is the most profound messages from higher realms. And I really encourage each and every one of you to listen to it, to listen to it twice, to hear what the council has to say through Christy, because it is a message for each and every one of us to hear. So with that, I welcome Christy Whitman to the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Amy. I appreciate you having me. I am excited you're here. So let's kind of talk uh, initially about this notion of quantum success, and then we'll kind of shift into uh, you channeling the council, and you can tell us a little about that at the beginning of the next episode. But what what is quantum success, and what does that mean? So when we have ourself as, you know, just a human being going for our goals and taking the step-by-step-by-step thing that we have to do. You know, we have a linear process of success. When we have quantum success, that's when we evoke the energy, like literally pure potentiality into what we are wanting to manifest, what goals or desires that we have. So it's understanding that everything is energy And that if we are wanting to experience something, whether it's abundance, success, freedom, joy, that we first must feel and be a channel for that energy to come through. So for example, if we're wanting to accomplish a goal and we want the, you know, the thing to make us feel successful, instead of pushing, 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 expecting to feel success at the end of the rainbow, so to speak, we bring in that feeling, those thoughts, those emotions of success during the whole entire journey. And then that energy literally propels us and doors open wider and bigger than they could. So it's, it's an exponential experience instead of a step-by-step linear experience that as we're just working with the human part of us can only experience. So you're literally pulling in kind of this universal energy to move you towards success. Yeah. So when you think about energy and you'll probably hear the council talk about this, but we are energy receivers. We're always receiving in energy. When you think about the trillions of cells that we have, you know, there there's receptor sites on all of those cells. And so we're either receiving in energy from the environment we're in, you know, you could go into a grocery store, especially around this time and feel someone's fear or sadness or worry or anxiety. 
And we can easily pick up on that as there's a lot of talk on empaths, you know, and that they have to be really careful because they're picking up on energy. Well, some, all of us at some degree are empaths. We're all picking up on energy. Just some know how to manage it or aware of it. Some know how to, you know, either align with a different form of energy that we want in our receptor sites. Because if you are aligning with the energy that you want, for example, success, and it's like a cup, you know, when you have a cup and that cup is filled to the brim, you can't put anything else in there. So when you think about it, say you're going to walk into that grocery store and you've filled yourself with joy and your cup runneth over with joy, right? You're totally, you're, all your receptor sites and all of your cells are filled with this energy of joy. Now you're not in receptive mode to the other energies that are there. You're actually exuding joy. And so it's very different because we're, we then become deliberate in where we're wanting to receive and be influenced by energy instead of us being like hit over the head, so to speak, by, a, you know, a fear wave or a wave of unconsciousness or fear, or, you know, worry or whatever it might be. So we're deliberately aligning with that. And so we're energy receivers, but then we're also energy transmitters. And as we're receiving an energy and we're holding that energy for ourselves, we then transmit that energy out. And how we transmit that energy out is by the thoughts that we think, the words that we say, the emotions that we feel or don't, you know, what we, the actions that we take. It's like we're little energy towers and we're sending out signals all day, every day. And those signals then go out into the universe and are matched by other frequencies or vibrations, and that's the law of attraction. This seems so relevant, and I'm just thinking about this in exactly what you talked about, particularly now, right? There's we're tape we're recording this in the middle of the COVID. Yes. For people who maybe listen to this at a later time, and there's so much fear out there. Yes. And I think it's really hard for people to differentiate what is theirs, right? And what what is their energy? And what is someone else's energy that they're picking up on that they then internalize? And they think, I'm scared. I had this experience at the grocery store just last week. I was standing in line and I work with an energy healer. And from the line, I texted her, I don't think I can be in this space right now. It is so fear-based. Mm-hmm. And I knew that wasn't coming from me yeah. because I'm not I'm not fearful when I'm in my home, but when you go out into the world, it feels very scary. How do, how do you suggest that people kind of manage that? Well, Um, yes. And not just fear, but, but in any area of their life to help separate themselves. Well, so it's, it is two parts because, you know, for, for example, I have the same experience. I go into the grocery store and I come out and I'm like, I feel sad. Like I feel like I just cry right now. And I'm like, I'm not sad. There's something I have. I wasn't sad before I went in. I wasn't sad while I was in there. And then all of a sudden coming out and I'm feeling sad. So I know that's not my sadness. I picked up on that. And so there's, there's two parts because as the council says, right now, because of what's happening, it's everything is being amplified. So if someone does have a lot of fear or they do have a lot of sadness or they do have a lot of worry on whatever given subject, it's going to be amplified. So for example, you know, people being home with their families, right? If you're, if you love your families and you love being with them, it's like that level of appreciation and gratitude for them is going to be amplified. If you're with people that you weren't really sure you wanted to be married to the person that you're married to, or you don't get along with your kids, 
and you're continuing to run that same energy, that energy is going to be amplified. So there's going to be more fighting, more, you know, just dissonance in the family, more contrast showing up. If someone has fear about money and they always have a worry and a fear about money, now more than ever, that is going to be amplified. But then you have other people that are like, I'm good. I'm appreciative. I'm taken care of, right? It's like, I know that I'm, they could have the same amount of money in the bank, but how they deal with their relationship with money really is being amplified right now. Or if someone's by themselves, you know, and they're, they're mm-hmm. constantly, you have some people that live by themselves and they're like, oh my God, thank God. You know, I'm with myself. I love this. And then you have other people that are just like, I can't stand it. I need a partner. I want someone to share my life with. I'm so lonely. So it's amplification time for every single person to look at what's not working in our lives. What do we need to release? What do we need to own? What do we need to clear out? What do we need to let go of? And from our powerful being that we are, what do we want? What do we want to create? How do we want to live our lives? And there'll be some people that really come out of this situation with a great sense of clarity of what they want. And there'll be others that are more stuck in the the muck and the mire of the fear and all that kind of stuff. So that's number one, is that we have to understand what is our energy and then how to manage and process our own energy. And then the other thing is that when you do pick up on energy from other people, like you being at the grocery store, and feeling that level of fear, and you're clear, like I was, this isn't my sadness. I picked up mm-hmm. sadness. So great thing to do during this time is, or any time, is to be able to, before you go into any situation, whether you're going to make a phone call, whether you're going to you know, actually physically get out of your car and go into a building, no matter what building it is, to align yourself with the energy that you want to experience. So now before I go into the grocery store, I will take literally less than a minute to just imagine like a waterfall of energy. Just I'm attuning when, when you were connecting with the other side of the veil with our co-creative partner, with our life partner, we always have to be the ones that initiate the asking. They can, this is not an mm. assertion based universe. They cannot assert our, themselves on us. We have to ask. And when it's asked, it is given, like it says in the Bible. So when we are asking for just a ray of joy to come and fill up our bodies, to fill up all of our cells and all the receptor sites within all those trillions of cells, and we can like feel that joy bubbling up in us, then we can imagine that we have like a protective bubble around us. And then we walk into the grocery store and now we're exuding joy. And here's what happens when you have higher vibration, like love, joy, that sort of thing. If you're sitting there exuding joy because you've filled yourself up, now the people that are in line with you, they might be feeling fear, but all of a sudden, because they're unconscious about what's going on and what they're receptive to, all of a sudden, your light, your joy is going to make a difference on them, and they're going to feel a little bit less fearful. They're going to feel and maybe open up to a little bit more joy. And I want to point out for people that it is literally that simple. Yes. Right? Like I think people try to complicate these things and try to make it, well, how do I know when I'm connected? And how do I know if I'm, you know, connected to a higher being or a higher? And it's literally just calling it in, meditating, or even you don't even need to be, you can just be standing in line at the grocery store and bring in that energy, right? And let's make it even simple. Let's do like a cliff note version of it. If you feel good, you're aligned. If you feel bad, you're not. 
it's that simple. So when people want to manifest something, what is that? You have a manifest equation. What does that look like? Well, energy always precedes manifestation, right? So your thoughts lead to your emotions. And those emotions are emitting so much more of a powerful signal than even our thoughts do. So our thoughts ignite our emotions, our emotions ignite our actions, and our actions are what manifests in the world. So it's important to understand that, and, and here's the thing with most people don't understand about energy mastery, is that our thoughts create an emotion, and our emotions then continue to create thoughts. So they feed on each other. And so that's why it's important to isolate the thoughts from the emotions because I always say like if you're wanting to process fear or you're wanting to process anger, you want to cut off the thoughts from it. Go complete all of your focus and all of your attention into your gut, which is where the emotional body first is. It affects obviously the whole entire body, but it first is in the emotional body, which is in the lower abdomen. If you put all of your focus and all of your attention there, you'll feel like a pulsation, kind of like if you were to put your hand over your heart or if you're going to take your pulse, there's a pulsation of energy in there. All of it has a different wave or frequency. So anxiety or fear has a very different pulsation than sadness. Uh, anger has a very different pulsation than boredom. You know, So whatever it is, it's got a pulsation. And if you put all of your focus on your belly and you just feel the pulsation, the pulsation starts to get more intense because now it's actually being processed. It's even, it's being paid attention to, you're becoming one with it and it has nowhere else to go but out. But most of us suppress it. We don't look at it. We take drugs or alcohol or, you know, food or other things to, so we don't have to feel ourselves. If you just go in and feel yourself and don't, have to justify it. Don't have to say, this is anger and here's why I'm angry. And that gets the thoughts involved. So when you mm -hmm. do that, you're not able to isolate the emotions. But if you just go in there with all of your focus, all your attention, all your energy, and just feel the pulsation and let it just pulsate out, it takes about 90 seconds to actually let it move out of your body. And then because you've got open space, then you say, okay, now I want to bring in the ray of joy. I want to bring in the feeling of success. Now you can fill up your body with the receptor sites of how you do want to feel. Now you've got your emotions, which are a stronger signal pulsating to joy. And now if the thought comes in of something that was creating the anger or the fear, now you can do something about the, the thoughts. So, okay, that doesn't feel good. So a better feeling thought would be I'm abundant or this is going to be over soon or, you know, this too shall pass or whatever the thought mm -hmm. is that then you can, it, it's so difficult when you're in the mire of it and they're feeding off of each other to try to change a thought because the emotions have so much more of your attention. If you go to the emotions, cut off from the thoughts, process that, now you contain the, the thoughts. Well, and one of the things that I often think about when I'm working with people, and it's interesting as I'm listening to think about, okay, how is what you're doing that different than what I do as a therapist? And in, in many ways, it's not at all. And so I think about how getting people to the place of their thought being that no matter what happens, I will be okay. Mm -hmm is a really positive place to be, right? Because it's like, whatever the world throws at me, I can handle yes. it. 
and and that is that is mm, that trumps everything else in so many ways. It's all perspective. right. Like you can't feel fear, right? If you know, okay, if this happens, I'll be okay. Even the worst, worst thing in the world, in your mind, if it happened, would you be okay? And I think getting people to a place like that helps shift perspective around everything. Anything. It's all what we focus on, and you know, when we're focused on lack. Lack always feels bad. We're focused on lack, separation, not enoughness, um, you know, that and fear, doubt, worry, all of that comes from a perspective of lack. This has been my life's work for the past 20 years is helping shift people, shift people from lack to abundance because our natural state of being is abundance. And when you think about just how our bodies are made up, trillions of cells, I mean, we can't even put our mind around what trillions of cells even mean. You know, if you look in nature, if you go to go out to a tree and try to count all the leaves, you can't, you lose count or try to count the blades of grass or the waves in the ocean, wherever you live or the grains of sand on your beach, you know, there's evidence of abundance. Look in the starry sky and you'll, you can't count all the stars. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's evidence of abundance all around us and that feels good to us because that's our nature. When we go into thinking there's not enough or that there's doom and gloom or that the end is near or that we're all going to die from a virus or whatever it is, it doesn't feel good and it's not true. So can you explain, because I love this concept and you talk about it in your book, the notion of inner action versus outer action? Because I think people often come at things from an outer perspective versus an inner experience. Yeah, well, we've all been taught that if we want to feel something, we have to go and get something. So, you know, if you want to be happy, you got to go get the guy and get the kid and get the, you know, with the career, whatever it is. Um, If you want to, you know, make more money, you got to go get a promotion. If you want to, you know, feel whatever it is you want to feel, you have to go want to feel more secure, go make more money or go live in this house or we're we're accustomed in, especially those of us that live in the United States, that it's like, if we want to experience something, there's a goal or a desire that's associated with it. And what we don't understand is that the reason why anybody wants anything, whether it's a partner or more money or a career or health and well-being, whatever they want, there's a reason that we want that thing. There's, a, there's an emotion that we think that we're going to have when we get there. But what happens with most people, and I've experienced this so many times in my life, it was like, I feel like I'm beating my head against a wall. I want to feel success, for example. So I go and I do everything to that take action to have this accomplishment. And then I get there and it feels good for a couple minutes, maybe a day. And then it's like, okay, now what's next? Cause that didn't did it. That didn't do it. It was short lived, you know? And it's like that feeling of, Oh, I just want to get married so bad. So you get married. It's like, Oh, I just want to have a kid so bad. And you have a kid. It's like, Oh, maybe, well, that wasn't it. Maybe I need another kid, you know? And it's like, we keep postponing what we think we're supposed to feel outside of ourselves. And the reason for that is because we're supposed to feel and then not go get and then because we're assigning our mm. emotions outside of ourselves when we're like if i accomplish if i make this amount of money then i'll feel well we go and make this amount of money it's like well that didn't do it maybe i need to make more money maybe you know what maybe it wasn't this amount of money maybe it's that amount oh, oh it's that amount of money and then we get to that amount of money it's like well that didn't feel good either you know so it's it's an inner job where 
if you feel successful, you're coming, and here's, here's the metaphysical reason for this. If you feel successful, if you feel abundant, if you feel the joy, if you feel the connection, if you feel the love, you're coming from a place of already having what you want, and then you're attractive to it. Do you have to take action? Yes, we're physical. Of course, mm-hmm. we have to get up. You can't just expect the pizza delivery guy is going to be the one that's going to be the man of your dreams. I mean, it could be, but probably not. You have to get up and go to the party or good. You still have to order the pizza, <laughs> yes. right? For him to show <laughs> up. to do something. <laughs> yes. Right. We're, we're both physical and metaphysical. Yes. Yeah. You know, right. So, but when you are coming from, I don't have him. So then I can't, he's got, he's got my happiness assigned to him, or he's got my love assigned to him, or he's got my connection. Now you're coming from lack and you can't attract what you want from a place of lack because lack and abundance are in two totally different vibrations and wavelengths. So that's why I can't, no matter how much I work, I can't seem to make enough money. Well, did you feel what it feels like to actually have that level of of money. And and it's really not the money you want. It's what you think the money is going to bring you security, sense of peace, a sense of freedom. What's the underlying feeling and then feel that feeling consistently and then feel that sense of fulfillment from having it and then continue to do the work and the inspiration. That's quantum. That's tapping into the quantum field so that what you, the action that you do take it warrants, it's so much more than just action alone. I I wrote in my book, Quantum Success, that one hour of inner work is like seven hours of outer work, meaning Mm -hmm. changing your thoughts, meditating, connecting with the energy that you want, all that, figure that an hour of doing that, not at one sitting, but an hour of doing that throughout your day would be like you taking seven hours of action in the physical world. Well, and you talk about in your book, I think you quote Jack Canfields, who was your mentor, one mm-hmm. of your mentors, that reality happens twice, something along these lines, I might botch it, but that it happens in your, in your mind first and then in reality. Yeah. So, which is a totally, you know, that's the shift to how most people think right. about it, right? But that is sort of the quantum notion that we first manifest it and then it manifests. Yeah, we have to see it first. I mean, that's the first manifestation is the inner connection with it. I mean, you think about it this way. We are a projector and the light is always available to this projector. But what slides we have in our mind that we see are going to be, that's what's going to be projected into the outer reality of our life. So things are always created twice, first in our minds and then in reality. And if we have these slides in our head of doom and gloom and the worst things happening, that's what we're projecting the light through and that's what's going to come on the screen of our lives. But if we're changing the slides, not, to, not from what we don't want to what we do want and what we do want to experience and why we want to experience it and how we want to feel, then the, the game changes. So what would be, you talk about five steps to to mastering our energy. So the first one is being aware of any contrast, right? So it could contrast could be a thought, like you were saying, you know, it could be a, a negative thought that we keep keep thinking and we don't want to keep thinking that thought. So we have to shift it. We have to be clear on what we do want instead of what we don't want. So anytime there's any type of contrast, anything that we don't want, we need to ask ourselves, what do I want? Why do I want it? And how do I want to feel? So what do I want? That shifts your focus off what you're focused on that you don't want. 
why do you want it? Now, when you start thinking about the why you want something, now you're really evoking a different energy. Now you're focused on what you want, but now you're really shifting the energy inside. And then think about not only why do you want it, but how do you want to feel? Because if you bottom line, I want to partner and, and I want to partner because I want to go to nice restaurants. Well, so when they open, <laughs> right. when they open back right. up, yeah, Not right? um, what, I want to go to nice restaurants. I want to go on vacations. I want to be able to go to the movies. I want to be able to go to this or that, or I want to experience this or that. Why? Well, I want to feel connection. I want to feel love. I want companionship. Those are the real reasons I want to partner. Right. So give that to yourself right. first, right? So what do you want? Why do you want it? How do you want to feel? And that that's really, and then get in the mode of feeling it. Mm. So the contrast will always give you way, give way to just recognizing there's contrast. Second step is what do I want instead? Why do I want it? How do I want to feel? And then feel it. So what if people say, oh, I'm, I'm just so depressed. I can't, I can't feel it. Well, because I can't. So what the council shares is that depression is not an emotion, neither is anxiety. They are, um, disease states, if you want to think of it that way. And what they really are is depression has been a suppression of sadness. And so because it's been so suppressed for so long, it now becomes mm-hmm. depressed. And just like mm-hmm. anxiety, there's been such a overamplification of fear that it then turns into anxiety because it hasn't been processed. I've seen clients for years when that have been depressed or anxious When they actually start to feel the sadness and start to feel the fear, the depression and the anxiety goes away, and so does all the medication that they're taking. (laughs) Because most people... Now, I had a sister who committed suicide. It'll be 24 years in May. Um, Mm. And she was bipolar. She was a, a drug addict. She messed up her brain chemistry. I mean, even like medication was wasn't working for her. There are people that, yes... There are, you know, we have medications, so I'm not saying that medications shouldn't be used, but for the majority of people, and I used to be a pharmaceutical rep, and I would see people being over-prescribed stuff that they didn't need, and I remember going through a breakup, and, and my therapist at the time was like, well, maybe you need an antidepressant. I'm like, I had enough sense to know, I don't need an antidepressant. I'm sad. I went through, a, I'm going through a breakup. Right. right. This is a situational experience. Yeah. Right, that you need to feel to be able to move exactly. through. And that's just it. The cure for all of it is that we have to really manage our own energy. And that means that some of us mm-hmm. are going to have to start feeling ourselves. Right, yeah, people don't like that. Well, we've that, been taught right? not to. Because sometimes it's uncomfortable and it's not always, the, the feelings aren't always, we've sort of labeled them as negative, right. but they're just feelings. Like I say to people all the time, a feeling is not negative or positive. We've just given exactly. it that allocation. It's just yeah. a feeling. But think about it when we're little, right? Oh, don't cry or I'll give you something to cry about. Or why are you angry? Little girls didn't. I remember my grandma used to say to me, you're acting like your father. Little girls shouldn't be angry. And so I had to suppress my anger all the time because, you know, my god, my god uh, grandmother was a beautiful woman. I love her very much. Loved her very much. But, you know, not good advice. You know, we were supposed to suppress our, so what did I do? I started doing drugs. I smoked. I did everything to suppress my anger or my fear or mm-hmm. just to not feel myself for years and years and years. 
And then when I right. was finally understanding energy and I was like, oh God, I've got to feel my emotions. My emotions were scary. I thought I was going to get swallowed up by them because when they came out like as rage or whatever, they were scary mm-hmm. because they were down there being right. suppressed and suppressed and suppressing. And then rah, I'd come out, you know, now it's like, I can feel my anger and just go, huh, that doesn't feel right. That is a boundary being crossed. Now I need to do something about that. I need to feel myself, but I don't have these overreactions like I used to because it had to, energy needs a way to come out. It can't be destroyed. It can't sit still. It's going to be moving. Mm-hmm. It's, and that's what emotions are. And if we look at it from that easy perspective. Right. I heard someone once say emotions are just energy in yes. motion. But most people don't let them go in motion. <laughs> they keep them stuck. Right. They stop them. And the Absolutely. thing is, is that what most people don't understand is that because energy cannot stop, like if we close our hearts down in protection mode, that energy is still spiraling. And what happens is it starts to create a vortex within us where we start to see evidence of it. And then we see evidence of it and we go, oh, there we go. That's a belief. I believe that now. And it becomes an imprint. Right. And what we talk about is self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like we have created that that situation. I mean, it's like if you're sitting at a soccer game and the soccer ball comes, you know, about to fly to your head and you put up your arms in protection – you know, it's a good thing to do, right? There's a way to, but it's like most people metaphorically are keeping up their hands, trying to protect themselves from balls that are nowhere near their face, but they're living their lives with their hands up, you know, anticipating the next ball coming. Well, wow. This work is so fascinating. (laughs) I could talk to you for, for hours. So we are going to come back next week and we're going to talk about you're going to channel for us. So if people want to find you, where, where can they go? Well, I would have you go to watchyourwords.com because people always say, well, what's the first place where I would start, you know, to know my energy better. And I always say, go to watchyourwords.com because the first thing we have to do to manage our own energy is manage what we're saying. Our, our language in the beginning, there was the word, right? It's like our, our words are the beginning of the creative manifestation process. And so I have a 30 day program. It's a video program that everybody can have for free. Um, Just go to watchyourwords.com. I tell you the words and the phrases that most people say have no idea how it pulls down your energy and how it makes you stuck in lack. And I tell you why it does that and then what the words and phrases are to shift to instead. So it's a, it's a great place to start. Awesome. Well, and I'll have all this information as well with connected to this podcast. So thank you so much for your time today and everybody stay tuned for next week's episode where you're going to channel for us the council. Like what you heard today and want to hear more curious about what comes next and what it all means. You can subscribe on iTunes. Just go to podcasts and find life, death, and the space between and hit subscribe. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. Ask me any questions you might have. Let me know what else you'd love to hear about or just share your story. I can't wait to hear from you.